Welcome again, brothers and sisters. This is Blake with Defending Zion. Today I've got a presentation about uh, Joseph of Egypt and that being a type of the Latter-day Gathering to Zion. I'm really excited to share this. There was a lot of um, mention of this story in General Conference, and as I had gone through and studied this uh, previously, I had noticed some of these similarities uh, with uh, the story and, and relating it to the Latter-day Gathering. So I wanted to share these with you and um, and helping help to open your eyes to to this particular story in the scriptures. So first of all, we need to understand that ancient things that happened are a type for the things in the latter days. So um, Isaiah talks about this, where he says, Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. And then this in Ether, And that a new Jerusalem should be built up upon this land unto the remnant of the seed of Joseph, for which things there has been a type. So a type is a person or an event that will foreshadow something that is to occur in the future. And the actual event and the person will match up very, very well, and that's how you'll know that it's, it's a prophecy that's been fulfilled. So in this story of Joseph, um, these, these uh, characters in the story represent uh, people in this latter-day dispensation or places um, that will that will be. So first of all, Joseph of Egypt, he is uh, representative of Joseph Smith and the work that he will do. Pharaoh uh, in the story represents Jesus Christ. The brethren of Joseph represent the uh, tribes of Israel, ten tribes of Israel. Jacob represents all of Israel. Ephraim and Manasseh represent the latter-day tribes or their latter-day seed of Ephraim and Manasseh. Uh, Egypt is representative of Zion that will be built up in the last days. And Canaan uh, will represent Palestine. So first, let's go through the story. We'll go through all the details of the story just to kind of get a refresher. And then we'll go through all those points um, where we can see types occurring. So first of all, we know that Joseph was sold uh, by his brothers to the Midianites. And then the Midianites themselves sold Joseph to Potiphar, and he was taken into Egypt. Once Joseph's there, he helps Egypt and Potiphar's house to prosper. Um, but there's an experience where Joseph is falsely accused of making advances on Potiphar's wife, and so he is put in prison for a time. And uh, while Joseph's in prison, the Pharaoh has a dream. Uh, the dream is of the seven kine and the seven ears of corn. So he sees, um, you know, the the healthy ones uh, first, and then he sees the 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 sick ones come out and devour the healthy ones. And Joseph interprets this dream to mean that there will be seven years of plenty in the land of Egypt, followed by seven years of famine. And because Joseph's able to interpret the Pharaoh's dream, the Pharaoh trusts him and puts him at the head of 
the land of Egypt to make preparations for this coming seven years of famine. So Joseph gathers uh, all the food, all the corn, the grain, has them store it up. Uh, we know also that during this time when Joseph is in Egypt that he has two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. Uh, Manasseh means to cause to forget and Ephraim means to be fruitful. So the seven years of plenty happens and then there is seven years of famine that affects both Egypt and the surrounding areas. And during this time of famine, uh, Joseph's father Jacob sends 10 of his sons to buy corn in Egypt. And it's interesting to note that Benjamin stays in Canaan with Jacob. Uh, so Joseph meets his brethren, but when he does, they don't recognize him. And Joseph requests that they bring Benjamin, who is also one of their brothers, to Egypt as well. And so Joseph's brothers agree, and they go back to Canaan to get Benjamin. But uh, in order to make sure that the, the brothers will fulfill the promise, they have um, Simeon left in Egypt. And Joseph, um, in order to help them on their journey back, places money in their bags. Uh, the money that was uh, supposed to be used to purchase the, the corn itself. So the famine uh, causes Jacob to let Judah and Benjamin go to Egypt to obtain more corn, and then they uh, take a double portion of money back. So, um, you know, they realize how much that they've been blessed, and so they bring double portions of money uh, back because they had, you know, they had found also the money that had been in their bag that was supposed to go towards the corn. Um, so they were afraid that Joseph would be angry, and and so they brought double. And Joseph, when they come back, meets Judah and Benjamin in his house. Um, they wash their feet there, and they bow themselves before Joseph. And uh, he, you know, then fulfills their their need for food. And then Judah, Simeon, and Benjamin begin their journey back to Canaan. And it's at this time Joseph creates a plan to stop them from returning all the way by placing some of the riches in his home in the bags um, to get them to come back. And uh, the king's servant, you know, finds this. He, he, he stops them and finds all these things and tells them that they have to return. So Judah, Simeon, and Benjamin return to Joseph and they beg for forgiveness. Um, Joseph asks that Benjamin stay with him and um, that the rest can return to Canaan, but Judah offers himself as a ransom instead. And it's at that moment where uh, Joseph then reveals who he truly is and, um, you know, reunites with his brothers. It's at this time, uh, Joseph tells us that two years of the seven years have passed in the famine, and so there's five more years of famine left to be. Joseph also tells his brothers that even though it seemed like it was a terrible thing for him to be sold into Egypt um, and to be betrayed by his brethren, that God's hand was actually in this whole whole thing because God had sent him to Egypt to preserve Jacob and his family. And he's seen the miracle and the purpose behind his suffering. 
So Joseph commands his brothers to return to Canaan and to bring all of Jacob's family back to Egypt so that they can all be reunited. And uh, Joseph also promises if they all return that he will give his brethren and the rest of Jacob's family uh, the land of Goshen as a place to live. So Joseph's brothers do return to Canaan and they bring Jacob and his family back to Egypt. And it's uh, before they go back, Jacob has a vision of the Lord uh, where the Lord tells him that he needs to go to Egypt and that there he will be made a great nation. And he's also given a promise by the Lord that in a future time, uh, he will be brought back to Canaan, the land of Canaan in the future. So Jacob and all of his family return to Egypt, go to Egypt. Um, We're told that there are 70 souls in all that go to Egypt in the family. Uh, Joseph reunites with his father and the rest of his family, and he helps them settle in this land of Goshen. He promises them also that he is going to show them Pharaoh, and he uh, concocts this plan to tell for them to tell Pharaoh that they are shepherds and that they need land for um, to be able to raise their flocks. So Joseph uh, himself meets with Pharaoh, and uh, then Pharaoh promises to allow Jacob and the rest of his family to settle in the best places in the land of Egypt. So he obtains that promise from Pharaoh. And then Joseph himself brings Jacob to meet Pharaoh, and um, then they're able to settle there. And then the work begins uh, with Joseph in gathering all the money that's in Egypt. So all the people that need need corn and whatnot, he he gathers all their money. And the famine only continues to get worse. So then the Egyptians come seeking more food. And he requests that they bring their herds and their cattle to him in exchange for their food. And they do that. And more time goes on, and the famine worsens, and the Egyptians come back seeking more food. And so Joseph asks that they give him their land in exchange for food. And so all the land in Egypt becomes Pharaoh's, except for the portion where the priests are to live on. That land is retained by them, and they're given that portion of food that they need as assigned by Pharaoh. Uh, At this time, Joseph also gives the people of Egypt seed, and he tells them to start sowing the land that they occupy. So he says, start, you know, putting it to good use, um, to be good stewards. And in addition, um, with the increase that is obtained off this land, Joseph um, tells the people that they're to give one-fifth of their increase back to Pharaoh, and that they're to use the rest of the the four-fifths to support themselves. And this is actually a law that he establishes throughout all the land of Egypt. And it's during this time also that uh, Jacob gives blessings to each of his 12 sons, um, and that he also adopts Ephraim and Manasseh. And uh, those are Joseph's sons um, as his children, and then he gives them blessings as well. So now that we've gone through the story of Joseph, uh, let's look at 
how this story is a type of how the gathering of Israel is going to happen to Zion in the last days. So first of all, the first event, Joseph being sold by the Midianites to Potiphar and taken to Egypt. The modern application for this is that Joseph and his seed will be led by God to the land of Zion. And this gathering commences with Lehi and his family, who are actually the tribe of Manasseh. And in our day, um, we know that most of those who have joined the church and have come to this land um, are of Ephraim and Manasseh, and that they are the first ones that are gathered into Zion. And uh, because Joseph Smith represents uh, the Joseph of Egypt here, we know that there's a time where Joseph is put in prison. So uh, we know that not only did Joseph spend time in prison himself, but we know that in a sense, um, after his martyrdom, um, until he returns, it will be as a prison. Um, he'll be prevented from, from uh, really carrying forth the work. Um, that's not to say that he's not on the other side of the veil preparing things for when he returns. And Pharaoh having a dream of seven kind and seven years of corn. So we know Pharaoh represents God our Father. So we know that there's a revelation um, that God gives where there is a period of seven years of plenty followed by seven years of famine um, in the land. And that's exactly what is and what will happen in, um, in our latter-day Zion. As you listen to General Conference, uh, there was much talk about further uh, trials coming, further tribulations, and I firmly believe that uh, this will be part of that further tribulation that we'll have to experience. And that's why you heard such an emphasis on uh, being temporally prepared as well, as well as spiritually prepared. Now, during this famine, uh, Joseph is set over all the land of Egypt to ben begin making preparations. So we know, as I said before, Joseph Smith's been guiding and preparing this church uh, since he was martyred. And we know that he'll return to redeem Zion and he'll help the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints during this seven-year period of famine. So just as Joseph of Egypt helped Egypt, Joseph Smith will help Zion in these last days. Now we have, uh, know that Joseph had two sons, right? Ephraim and Manasseh. And we know that these two tribes in the latter days will help others to gather to Zion. In fact, they'll be the first ones that will help gather the rest of uh, the seed of Joseph. And they'll be in, in this land. They'll be established in this land. And eventually they will receive this land as their inheritance. So we know that this seven years of famine is going to occur both in Egypt um, and throughout the surrounding areas, just as it did in ancient times. So uh, both America, Zion, and the surrounding areas, I would, I would say that a, a large portion of the earth will experience a desolating scourge and they'll experience seven years of famine. And as you've noted on these slides, you can see I've put scriptures uh, relating to these specific events. Um, on the slide. I'm not taking time to go through each of them, but I'll go ahead and I'll post the slide show um, in the description for this presentation, and you can go through and study it at your own leisure. 
Now we know uh, when the famine started to get bad that Jacob sent 10 of his sons to go buy corn in Egypt. So we know that in the modern or in our latter days that remnants of the seed of Jacob will come to gather to Zion and they will help to build the new Jerusalem. Uh, they'll also help to gather others who are in North and South America and others throughout the world to gather to New Jerusalem. We know that on one of these return trips that the brethren of Joseph brought back rich treasures to Egypt. And this is an event that's actually prophesied when the ten tribes return and come into the New Jerusalem. It says, And they shall bring forth their rich treasures unto the children of Ephraim, my servants. So we don't know exactly what these rich treasures are, but we know that they will be given unto Ephraim and uh, they will help to build the new Jerusalem as well. Once the brethren of Joseph come to Zion, uh, they're washed. So this is what Wilford Woodruff said, here are the 10 tribes of Israel. They will come to Zion, receive their endowments, and be crowned under the hands of the children of Ephraim. And there are persons before me in this assembly today who will assist to give them their endowments. They will receive their blessings and endowments. So just as in the story of Joseph and his brothers in Egypt, these ten tribes will come and receive their washings, their anointings, and their endowments in the temple in the New Jerusalem. Uh, we also read that the brother, uh, brothers of Joseph fell down before him. And we're told that the lost ten tribes will come to the New Jerusalem and they will fall down before Joseph and his seed and they will be crowned. They will become kings and priests to God. And we know that there's many gatherings that are going to take place to the New Jerusalem, just as there was many times that the the sons of Jacob came back to Egypt to get food. Um, uh, we know there'll be a time where Joseph and his seed, as well as those that have already gathered to Egypt, will go and they will bring forth the rest of the house of Israel to Zion and the New Jerusalem. And there's actually a lot of places in the Book of Mormon where this gathering is prophesied and promised. Now, uh, remember, Jacob had a vision where the Lord told him to specifically go to Egypt and that he would be made a great nation there. So, likewise, in the last days, the remnants of the house of Israel are promised that if they gather to Zion, that they can receive promises in the temple that allows them to become a great nation or, as Abraham, to become a father of many nations. So that promise that was made to Abraham is fulfilled even in the last days. And as they gather to Egypt, we know that Joseph helps them to settle in the land of Goshen. And Goshen means a place of comfort and plenty. So all of the tribes of Israel are going to be united in Zion. And they'll settle in places of comfort and plenty where they can be provided for both temporally and spiritually, and that they will be able to survive the famine that is going on all around in the land. Joseph also gives his uh, family a promise that he will show them Pharaoh, and there's a, a, a command to tell Pharaoh that they are shepherds, 
So the way that this applies in the latter days is we know that the tribes of Israel that settle in Zion are given a promise that they can actually see God. We know that uh, God's promises, uh, Jesus promises that he will be in their midst and that they'll have his power. Uh, we also know that a portion of these tribes of Israel will obtain the promise of being shepherds. Um, or in other words, they'll be part of the 144,000. And these shepherds will go forth and they'll help prepare the rest of the world for the Lord's coming in glory. Joseph also helps Jacob and um, to be able to meet Pharaoh. So the tribes of Israel that gather to Zion will have the privilege of seeing Jesus Christ in the flesh and being able to meet him. Joseph um, of Egypt gathered everything in Egypt and he helped to provide perfectly for the people that were in Egypt. We know that they weren't in want. Now that did require the people to um, consecrate things that they had previously thought of only as their own to, um, to the church so that that could be used to help those that were uh, the poor and the needy. So in the last days, we know that Joseph Smith will come to redeem Zion. He'll help to establish Zion. And he will establish the law of consecration here. And under this law, all the people of Zion are going to be, they're going to be provided for perfectly, uh, both temporally and spiritually. And this will be a major reason why so many people in Zion will survive the famine that's going on around them is because of consecration and because... Um, there is an established way where each of the person's needs are met. And as part of this law of consecration, we know that there will be a requirement that anything, any increase um, that is had by the people, that they're to give um, that portion back to the Lord and to use the rest for them, support of themselves. So again, Joseph Smith's going to come and to establish the law of consecration. And under the law, the people will be asked to give back a portion of their increase into the storehouse to help provide for those that are in need in Zion. And just as Jacob gave blessings to each of his 12 sons, each of the 12 tribes that come to Zion will receive blessings in the last days. Um, Ephraim and Manasseh will become Jacob's children. They're adopted into the house of Israel, and they receive blessings as well. And uh, part of the blessings that happen for Ephraim and, and Manasseh here in this land will be that they'll receive this land for their inheritance. Um, but for all the tribes of Israel, they each will receive blessings specific to them that allow them to fulfill each of their divinely appointed roles. And if you actually go through in Genesis and you read the blessings that Jacob gives to each of his sons, um, each of those blessings pertain to some function that they're going to serve um, in the last days. And most importantly, uh, Jacob is given the promise that he'll be able to return back to Canaan. Now, in Genesis account, we know that he returns back to Canaan, but it's um, after he dies. But we know that uh, his seed, uh, Israel's seed, 
will be able to be led back to Palestine to inherit it in the last days. And we're told that they'll be led as in the days of Moses. So just as Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt and into the promised land, or almost to the promised land, um, the same thing is going to happen in the last days. So again, the story of Moses is a type of how the children of Israel, the tribes of Israel, are going to be led back to Palestine in the last days. So that is it. Um, that is the um, presentation on how Joseph of Egypt's story is a type for the Latter-day Gathering to Zion. I hope that it's been helpful for you. I hope that it's opened your eyes to see how the gathering of Israel will take place in these days. Um, a lot of times I think we remain unsure about the future, but the scriptures and the prophecies that are contained therein are true, and we can know that they will be fulfilled every whit, every bit. And so as we read the scriptures, we need to look for key events that happen and then look for other scriptures where prophecies are made about the last days and see if that is how they will be fulfilled. So, where are we at in this timeline? We know that, that we're already starting the gathering of Israel, as President Nelson has said, but um, we know that there's trouble, troublous times ahead, and part of that is going to involve famine. And that's why the prophets counseled us in general conferences this time, that we need to prepare temporally um, for the famine that's going to come. We know that there's going to be uh, hell storms. We know there's going to be um, civil war in the United States. But if we are prepared, we are given the promise that we don't need to fear. And I echo that promise and that blessing that the Lord gives. And I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.